This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. And uh, it's going to be on a book, Book of James. And, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of, it's called expository preaching, and that's just taking the Word of God and just preaching line upon line and, uh, and uh, commenting on it, doing a commentary uh, on, the, on the book. So it should be really good this, this morning and for as long as we can keep it going. Amen? Uh, we, we are, I don't know if uh, you realize that we do have Tuesday night service and I normally do preach out of books and we've been preaching, I've been preaching out of the, the book of Ephesians and I think that's been going on for over two months. But it's powerful. Amen? And, uh, you know, you cannot exhaust the Word of God. Amen. And it's so, it's so much, the Word of God has so much into it. And it's impregnated with so much revelation. Um, that when you, if you really, truly fall in love with the Word of God, the Word of God will speak to you. Amen? And will just reveal to you truth and, and, and give you all the wisdom that you need to navigate this life. Amen? How many people need more wisdom? Amen. And the book of James, just a, a little bit about that, is that uh, James uh, is the half-brother of Jesus. He grew up with Jesus. Amen. And, um, and uh, he, he pastored the, the church of Jerusalem, and um, the Jerusalem church, and he, he was a, uh, considered an apostle as well. And um, but uh, so so he, he has something to say because he hung out with Jesus probably more than everybody else because he saw Jesus grow up. So um, he was highly anointed. And um, and so the, the book of James is is considered the book of wisdom. And um, the, the, the book of wisdom in the Old Testament is, is considered the book of Proverbs. How many people like reading the book of Proverbs in here? Amen. Well, we got about four of you. Amen. So, uh, and, uh, but uh, the book of Proverbs is powerful. And I try to read the book of Proverbs like every day, if I can. I, I don't get to do it every day, but it's my endeavor uh, because I want to walk in wisdom. I don't want to be uh, dumb like a box of rocks. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and so the Bible will make you smart. Amen. I'm going to say it again. God's word will make you smart. Amen. And, uh, but we just, we need godly wisdom, not worldly wisdom. And when we're walking in godly wisdom, we will excel. Do you believe that today? So let's look at James 1 and um, uh, James 1 verse 1. And we're going to look at this. It says here, uh, this is uh, the, the beginning of the, the book. Uh, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations... Greetings. So we see here that James, he starts off by revealing to us and the church um, that uh, he's a servant. And that's really powerful because uh, I I think that if we're going to walk in a high grace level in God, how many people want to walk in high grace in here? Um, We are sons now and we are sons of God. But, but that still doesn't exempt us from being servants of God. Amen. Amen. And when we have that mindset that we are sons and daughters of God, and that's great. We have relationship. Amen. But, but we don't want to forget 
that we are called to be servants. Amen. Amen. And I, I think that, that we need to keep that always in the forefront of our thoughts when we're, when we're in a relationship with God. That, that we are in a loving relationship, but we're, we're in a relationship, but God is calling each one of us to have an attitude of a servant. Amen. Amen. And, and so we got to get that in our, our mindset that, that we're not just here to be served. Amen. And sometimes I think that um, when we come to church uh, and, and when we first start coming to church, we need to be served because we're going, we're coming through a lot of trials and tribulations. We're, we're just trying to figure out things in God. And so there is a time where we need the word of God and where God, where, where the ministry can serve you. Amen. But then there's a time where we need to grow and come into a place of maturity where we start moving into a place where we become a servant. Oh, I know this is going over like a lead balloon this morning. And so we got to get to that place where we have a servant's heart. You know, Jesus, uh, uh, the scripture said that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and give himself as a ransom for mankind. So, so, so Jesus, did, he, he wasn't building a kingdom so people could actually, you know, you know, wait on him hand and foot. Amen. No, no. Jesus is the servant of all servants. I, I um, was listening to this man that had that actually uh, God took him to heaven. And um, he, he uh, I think it was Jesse Duplantis. He had a, a revelation of heaven. And uh, and he and he wasn't too sure if he was in his body or out of his body like Paul, the Apostle Paul. But he was in heaven and um, he was he was curious. I believe it was Jesse. He was uh, he was looking for, you know, the, the, the there's the throne of God. And then you have the 12 elders, you know, the uh, the, the, the 12 apostles of the lamb, the elders. Um, and then and then he was looking for the elders and they weren't on their thrones. And so he asked, you know, where are they at? And um, I'm not too sure if it was Peter or who he was talking to, maybe the angel that was guiding him around heaven. He said, well, they're serving. They're out serving. Amen. And it's like heaven, you think well, we're going to get to heaven and we're going to be laying on a cloud and angels are going to be dropping grapes into our mouth. And we're just going to be just laying back. <laughs> and uh, sometimes we think that. And but but I think that uh, and, and I've heard that heaven is really a busy place. And, and, and that we that, that there is purpose not only down here for us Christians, because God is he wants us to walk out our purpose. But there's going to be purpose in heaven, too. Amen. And God's going to give us things to do in heaven and we're going to love it. Amen. Amen? In other words, there's going to be it's not just going to be us. Yes, we're going to party down with Jesus when we're in heaven. Yes, it's going to be a big party. But but God's going to have us doing things in heaven and it's not going to be boring. Heaven's not going to be boring. It's going to be the most exciting place uh, uh, in the universe. Amen. Amen. And so and so it's it's busy place. People are doing things in heaven. Glory to God. They're getting ready and they're getting ready for, you know, the banquet that, you know, we're going to be all raptured and we're going to bank and they're getting ready. Heaven's a busy place and we're getting ready down here. Amen. 
and we're hopefully we're we're trying to draw some people into the kingdom of God with our witness. Amen. So so here James says, hey, I'm a servant. He could have he could have started his letter out saying uh, James, the half brother of Jesus that lived with Jesus. That knows what he's talking about. You know, he, he could have started out like that. He could have said, I, I, I'm an apostle and the pastor of the Jerusalem church. He could have came off like that. But he came off, I'm a servant of, of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say, I'm a servant. Amen. So we got to get a revelation of that. And, and, and that the key revelation of, of understanding servanthood is really when we get that understanding that we're servants. Yes, we're sons, but we're here to serve. Then that when we get that revelation uh, and we walk in that revelation, I, I think that that is a revelation of humility. Amen. In other words, um, we, we when we have a right heart attitude in serving, um, uh, we're. we're we're walking in the humility of God. The Bible talks about humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. And sometimes when God is moving on your heart to do something for the church or go witness to somebody or take your time out to bless somebody, uh, sometimes um, uh, it, it can hurt the flesh. It, sometimes it can, it can feel like it's taken away from us. Have you ever felt like that? You know, like, God, you want me to go? I, I'm, I'm busy, God. You see my schedule today? You know, anybody know what I'm talking about? But, but God wants to get a blessing to you. See, see, we, see when we sow out of our, our love and thank, a heart of love and thanksgiving, when we do something, there's something that God's going to do for us. See, we don't we don't get that. We think we think, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm losing when I do something good for somebody or when I'm sowing or when I'm coming to church. You're not losing. You're sowing and there's a harvest that's going to come back. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that you're sowing? Even this morning, you came out to church, you pressed through and, and, and the word of God is being sown into your hearts and your faith is being fortified because I'm going to say this, there's a storm coming. Amen. Now, you may say, Pastor, we already are in the storm. And you're right. You might be in the storm right now or you might be coming out of the storm or you might be entering into a storm. Amen. But you know what? When we have a proper perspective of who our heavenly, who is our heavenly father, I mean, he's. He's the El Shaddai God. He's the God of more than enough. Amen. When we get a revelation of that, it doesn't matter what storm might be headed our way. Amen. Because he's going to bring us through the storms of life. You believe that today? So, 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 so when we get a revelation that we're servants, it produces a heart of hopefully a heart of humility. And James had that heart. He he was a humble man. And uh, and he was a humble man before God and he was very humble. And, 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 and really, that was the key. Humility really is the key to receiving wisdom from God. Amen. When you're when you humble yourself under God's mighty hand, he he he, he will give you wisdom. In other words, the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord. And, and, and when we are humbling ourselves it, 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 we're saying when we're in reverential fear of God, in other words, we have a fear. We we honor God. We honor the church. We we honor the word of God. When we honor God. When we fear God. 
Amen. Um, the big, the, you know, the big, uh, the, the, when, when you fear God, that's the beginning of wisdom. See, people that don't fear God, that doesn't, they don't care about God. They don't care about the word of God. They don't care about pleasing God. They lose their wisdom. They become dumb like a box of rocks. But when we keep our, you know, reverential fear of God, then God, you know, that reverential fear will produce the wisdom of God in our life. Do you believe that today? So, so, so when you're walking in the fear of God, you're walking in, like I would like to say, optimal grace. Because I need to be under the grace of God. You know, um, when, we're, when we're not walking in the fear of God and we're walking in the vanity of our own minds and we're trying to call our own shots for our own life and we're not really consulting God for anything that we do, um, that, that is a form of pride. And when, we, when we're not really involving God in all the decisions that we make and uh, we're not lining our life up with God, then, and when we're walking outside of God's will, uh, that's a form of pride. And the Bible says that, that, that God puts himself in opposition against the prideful. So, so when we enter into pride, then God has to uh, stand against us. Amen. Why? Because pride is, 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 is something that we try to, you know, when we're walking in pride, we're basically saying that we can handle our own life. And I'm telling you, Jesus said he could do nothing unless the Father was doing it through him. Jesus said he could do nothing apart from the Father, and we can do nothing apart from God. Amen. Amen. And you know, if God's not in it, I've said this many times, I don't want to be a part of it. I was thinking about doing something and I was praying about, man, I could go this route and do this. And I was praying and the Lord said, I don't want you to do that. I said, what? But God, it could really help you out. Have you ever been there? You're trying to help God out? No, but, but God, I could go this route. And, and God said, no, I don't want you doing that. You know, it could be just a no for right now. It could be a yes down the road. Sometimes God may just say, no, just don't go that route. Don't, just don't do that right now. Don't, don't move in that direction right now. I know I always preach, everything is yes and amen. Glory to God. And all the promises are yes. But sometimes God will say, not now. Don't move in that direction yet. Yes, you, you, you might need to talk to somebody about something, but wait, let me move on their hearts because they're not ready to receive correction. And I'm, you know, because sometimes we, we say, God, I need to correct that person. Well, maybe they're not ready for correction yet. I, I'm going off my message here. I'm off my notes. In other words, sometimes, you know, we, we, we're trying to push things and make things happen. Amen. And, uh, and when we're trying to push things and make things happen, uh, sometimes we get an ish smell. I call it an ish smell. <laughs> you, you, anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, you may not know what I'm talking about. Well, well, Abraham and Sarah, they, they, they had a promise from God that they were going to have a family. And, and, and so Abraham and Sarah, they had that promise, but it was taken way too long. 
right? It was like, man, how come it just seems like it always takes a long time to get your, your prayers answered? <laughs> you ever thought about, why does it take so long, God? <laughs> I'm still waiting, you know, for some of my prayers to be. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because, it, because the promise is a process. And in that process, God wants us to get ready for that blessing. Amen. And sometimes we may not be ready to handle what we're believing God for. Amen. And so and so God allows some process to go so we can mature and handle the blessing. And sometimes if we get the blessing too fast in our life and we don't have any maturity, we may lose the blessing. So God wants to mature us in the process of us waiting on him for the promise. Amen. Why? So we won't lose it when we get it. Amen. And so, so, so with, with, with Abraham and Sarah, they, they, uh, they, it was a long, it was 10 years. They were 10 years in their, in their walk with God. And God spoke to Abraham and said, I'm going to give you a family. Um, they're going to be, many, you know, like the stars and, and the sand, you know, you're going to have so many kids. It's going to be so awesome. And, and, and so, so, so of course, Sarah had a good idea. Why don't you hook up with Hagar, my maid, and we're going to have a kid through her. Of course, Abraham, you know, I, I guess Hagar wasn't bad looking. No, I'm kidding. But uh, I think Abraham obeyed her because he thought that that was the plan of God. Because surely if his wife would give him another woman, <laughs> it got to be God. <laughs> uh, women, don't give up your man. <laughs> and got to be God, you know. And so, so I believe he, his, his motive was right. It wasn't because she was good looking and he could hook up with another babe. Amen. He just believed that this was the way to get the promised child. Right. It was a mechanical act. Had no, no feeling or emotion in that. Amen. It was all about the baby. Amen. But they had the baby Ishmael, but that was not the promised child. And that was done out of flesh. And anything done out of flesh, you've got to keep it going. Anything you're trying to do out of your own power and ability, you've got to keep it rolling. But anything that's done by the grace of God, God keeps it rolling. See, listen, I can't make you come out to church. You know, I can't bring people in myself. The Holy Spirit can. Angels can. Glory to God. But you know what? All my fretting and fussing and crying at night. God, bring the people in. You know, he's either going to bring the people in or he's not. Amen. Either I'm anointed to be up here and preach to you or I'm not. And if you guys don't show up, then then maybe God has something else. But you guys are showing up and I still got streaming. <laughs> I still got my family. They will still show up. Amen. And, uh, and, and, so, and so, so I can't make the, the plan and the purpose of God happen, but God can, as long as I'm aligning myself up with him. As long as I'm not worrying about it or stressing out about the plan and purpose of God in my life. I, in other words, I got to relax a little bit. I got to enjoy the ride. Anybody enjoying the ride out here? Amen. Uh, no, Pastor. I mean, I'm on a roller coaster, Pastor. Ooh, you know what I'm talking about? I'm down one minute, up the next, down. You know, I got a blessing, then there's something else. How you doing? Oh, I'm mighty low. How you doing the next day? I'm doing great. You know? The next day, mighty low, you know. 
<laughs> no, no, you can always be on top of the mountain if you have the right perspective. You got to have the right perspective. Amen. So, so we want to walk under the grace of God. So, so, so we got to look at this and we're, we're trying to, now you know why it takes a long time for me to get through a book. <laughs> like pastor, why don't you get to the next line? You know, we're in James, right? We're talking about the book of James. Yes, we are. But I got to kind of fill in some stuff here. Amen. So, so, so we got to look at this and, and, and think about this in the book of James. It talks about count it all joy. When you fall into various trials and tribulations, count it all joy. Count it all joy. In other words, our faith walk is an attitude test. In other words, how is our attitude? We need to check our attitude when things aren't working right in our life. It's really an attitude test. You guys remember that story I, I talked about that the, the uncle came over to visit, you know, his nephews and nieces um, at his brother's house. And he fell asleep. He had a mustache. Do you remember that story? And, and one of the kids, you know, wanted to play a practical joke on him and put some Limburger on his mustache. Right. Remember that? And then, and of course, then he woke up and he smelt the Limburger, which really smells really bad, you know. And, uh, and he's like, it stinks in here. Right. And so he gets up, he walks in the kitchen. It stinks in here, right? Then he goes into another, man. Then he goes, out, it, it, then he goes outside. He opens the door. He takes a br- big breath. The whole world stinks. <laughs> right? And so what happens is we get, a, a, we get something happen to us. Some negative things start piling up on us. And pretty soon your, our attitude gets tainted. And pretty soon everything is terrible. Oh, you know what I'm saying? And what's the enemy trying to do? He's trying to taint our attitude. Instead of us rejoicing in the problems, you know, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. We can end up, you know, moving into Grumble Alley. And we can end up grumbling and complaining about the state of affairs. Amen. And I don't want to agree with the state of affairs if they're bad. I want to agree with what God's word says. And if God's word says it's good, then it's good. Why? Because he because whatever the enemy means for harm, God can turn for good. And God will always work out those things for good that love him and called according to his purpose. So if if the enemy's trying to come and do some bad in your life, get ready for promotion. Can I say that again? If the devil is trying to come and take something away from you and you got the right heart attitude and you start worshiping God, you're about ready to move into a promotion. Right. Well, well, let let, let me back up. Remember now. Now, remember that uh, in the Israelites, they were in a fight with the Philistines. Remember that. And and then they had their champion, Goliath. Remember that. And Goliath would come out. For 40 days, he would say, if there is a man among you, let him come and fight with me. You know, and he was he was all, you know, he thought he, had, he was all that. You know, if there's a man, thunder lips in the flesh, baby, you know, and uh, that's from Rocky. But anyway, um, if you ever seen Rocky, OK, <laughs> and remember Rocky picked him up and threw him out of the ring and Rocky was smaller. Right. But Rocky had a show. He was powerful. Right. I could have done. No, I'm kidding. But uh, but uh, 
but, uh, but, but, you know, but the Goliath, you see, see, the enemy's going to try to say, oh, this problem that you're dealing with is so big. Oh, you come up against it now. There's no way God can do anything against this problem. Against no way. All things are possible to those that believe. No, God can do something. God is greater. And Goliath was was this big guy that was trained from a youth. He had all this. There's the problem, Goliath. But really, he was a plan for David's promotion. See, the problem, if we deal with it the right way, can become a plan for our promotion. And so really, what did David hear when he saw Goliath? He said, who is this guy? You know, taunting the armies of Israel, this uncircumcised Philistine. And you said, man, he's pretty strong. What he was saying was that that Philistine had no covenant with God. He was, he was uh, uncircumcised. He had no covenant. And he was saying, I got a covenant with God. See, each one of you that made Jesus the Lord of your life, you got a covenant with God. Or you listen to what I say, you got God with you. I'm telling you, you don't, you, you don't need, you don't need a, 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 you know, to try to make the right moves with the right people, you know, and try to butter people up to, you know, the nice people to be nice to you. No, you just make sure you're walking in love with God and pleasing God and God will cause the grace to come upon you and he'll put grace and favor and people will come and help you and bless you and bring you in that place that God wants. Do you believe that today? You don't have to run after the blessings. If you walk in with God and please him, the blessings will eventually run after you. And so with David, David heard that, that, that uncircumcised Philistine. And then, then they said, well, you know, the guy that takes him out, he's going to get the taxes taken care of. He gets the, the, the king's daughter in marriage. And you know, you know what David was thinking? David was already anointed. He knew he was going to be the next king. And he said, that's my door. I'm going to marry the king's daughter. And that's how I'm going to become king. You know, he was really thinking that. Now, the Bible doesn't say that. But, you know, he's thinking, that's what God. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take this guy out. You know, he said, and he asked twice. Now, what do, what do I get? The taxes. My family doesn't have to pay any taxes. So I can. OK, I'm going to be a hero for my family. Oh, I'll take this guy out. Right. And so and so so the problem was big. But you know what? But but David's God was bigger. So the problem might seem to be big, but God is bigger. Don't don't magnify the problems in your life. Magnify the bigness of God. Amen. And so 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 here I want to talk to you about another story. And really, uh, in the book of Daniel, there were three guys, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And what was interesting about that? See, we're all going to come in a there's going you're not going to be exempt from trials. Don't think that you're going to be exempt from from trials in this life. No, 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 no. We're going to encounter some trials. But how is our attitude in the trials again? And we we, we look at here this story in Daniel chapter three, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. There were three Hebrews that were raised up uh, in the king's court uh, of Nebuchadnezzar to be advisors for King Nebuchadnezzar. So they had high they were high ranking officials in King Nebuchadnezzar's court. Uh, And 
what happened was that king, you know the story, set up a statue for, for everybody to, to worship. He said when the, when, the, when the pipes play and when the music plays, everybody has to bow down before the golden statue. And, but you know what? Uh, the three Hebrew uh, kids, I don't know if they were kids at that time, but they did not bow. And you know what? What happened? The sand traps were, they, they were advisors of the king. They saw that they weren't bowing. And guess what? They told off on them. Is there always somebody that's going to narc on you? <laughs> Is there always somebody watching, making sure you're doing the right thing? Make sure you're, you're, you're obeying the law and make sure, you know, sit at the arrest. Right? And so, and so, and so you know, you know the, they, they said, uh, to the king Nebuchadnezzar, there are three guys that's not obeying your decrees and they're not bowing down before the golden statue. And King Nebuchadnezzar says, bring them to me. I want to talk to them personally. And they brought them to the king. And the king says, listen, I'll give you one more chance. Bow or burn. Because, because, because the king made a decree. If you don't bow, then you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace he has. And you're going to burn. Amen. And, and so, and so, and so the, the, the three Hebrew kids, you know, they, they stood firm in their conviction. It'd be like, it'd be like us today if somebody told you to renounce Christ or die. You know what? That's, oh, it's quiet in here. You know, somebody puts a gun at you and says, renounce Christ or die. Put that gun down in Jesus' name. <laughs> Use the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of shoot, <laughs> I'll be in heaven. I'll be a quick, be a quick trip. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but 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 it'd be like us renounce. Would you renounce Christ if somebody put a gun on you? Would you renounce him? I wouldn't. And some of you might say, I don't know. <laughs> you better you better know who you serve. Because you, you, you're not going to do it. Because, you know, God's going to give you boldness in that day. And God's going to give you boldness to stand up. And if somebody put a gun in your face, you're going to say, back off in Jesus' name or blow me away. Either way, you're going to have a glorious entrance into the he- kingdom of heaven. Amen? I mean, Stephen had a glorious entrance into the kingdom of heaven. When Stephen, the first martyr, got martyred, he had a glorious entrance in the kingdom of heaven. So, so, so what am I saying? Our faith is going to be challenged. We're going we're gonna to encounter some trials. We're going to encounter some tribulations down here. But we better keep standing in God and not back up off of God, not turn back. Amen. There's no armor for the back of us. It's always for the front because we always move forward in God and we never back up. Amen. And so the trial in our life, what the enemy's trying to do, he, the enemy's trying to get us to back off of the things of God. The enemy's trying to get us into a place where we're murmuring and, and griping and complaining. Amen. And, and we need to stay in a place of humility, submitting ourselves under God's mighty hand. Glory to God. Look at this in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice. I don't know if he's getting that up there or not. I'm moving pretty fast this morning. First Peter 1, 6 and 7. Uh, this is Peter and he's talking about trials. 
And uh, this is really interesting. He's talking about that as believers, we're going to encounter some trials. And Peter had a, had a handle on this. He says in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, he says, In this you greatly rejoice, through now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, Though it is tested by fire, may be found to the praise and the glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, now, now look at that. You know, he's saying here that that we are going to encounter and be grieved by various trials. And these trials are are coming at us. God's not sending the trial. The devil's coming at us to see if he can get us down on his level. Amen. And so the devil's sending the trial. God's not sending the trial. And the devil's coming to test and tempt us. Right. And so the enemy's trying to do everything he can to get us off our game. Right. And so what he's trying to do is the enemy wants to see, do we truly have faith? The devil's testing our faith. Are we truly standing on the truth of God's word or are we leaning on man's wisdom? And so the enemy is trying to test our faith. And so right here, Peter gets a revelation. He says it's, it's, we're, we're being grieved by various trials to test the genuineness of our faith. And, and then he says that our faith is like pure gold, amen, being tested in fire. And, and, and this is what happens is when, when, they're, when, they, when they have gold and, uh, and, they're, and, they're, and they're refining gold, uh, they put in a pot and they burn it and the gold and, and the impurities, the gold stays at the bottom and the impurities float up, right? And when we're under the pressures of life, we, what happens is things come out of us we didn't know was in us. And then pretty soon God starts showing us some areas in our life that we need to adjust. And then when we start, oh, I didn't know that was in me. I didn't know that was in me. And, and, and then we're, we're under this pressure. And pretty soon we, we get a, rev- it says here that when we stay in God and we keep pressing through and we keep speaking the word, it says here to be found at the praise and the honor of glory and the revelation of Jesus Christ. The, the, the problem is supposed to get us off our game. But if we handle it in a right way, it will give us a greater revelation of who Jesus is. In other words, it will push us to our knees where we're pressing into the things of God. And then God will reveal revelation to us in the midst of the storm. If we're pressing in. Now, the trial or the tribulation sometimes will push us to go to our comfort zone without God. What do I mean by that? Sometimes the pressures in life will cause us to go towards if, if alcohol is our weakness, we'll try to go to that to comfort us in the trial. No, no, no. It's it's uh, you know, you need to go to the Bible, you know, the B.I.B.L.E. You need to go to the word of God. You don't need to go to the bottle. And so the enemy will try to put so much pressure on us. He will try to get us to go back to some of our, you know, prop, you know, our issues or things that we use as a pacifier to help us cope with life. But see, the Holy Spirit will help you cope with life. 
The Holy Spirit's your comforter. The Holy Spirit's your standby. The Holy Spirit's your strengthener. If you just get in the presence of God, I'm telling you, you're going to come out of the problem. You're going to come into the promise and you're going to have a testimony. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And the enemy's trying to get us off our game. No, Exceed Life Church is moving forward in 2020. You're moving forward in 2020. Nothing's going to hold us back from accomplishing the plan and the will of God in our life. So, so, we, so, so the revelation of Jesus Christ, we need to get a greater revelation of Jesus in the middle of our storm. Amen. It says here in Matthew 5.10, uh, you're blessed. This is the message. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Think about that. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. Because the Bible, doesn't the Bible say that when you're standing on the word, the devil will come immediately to try to steal the word from you? So, so when we start standing on the promises of God, right? What's going to happen? The, Jesus already told you. The devil's going to come and try to make you think that the word of God is not true. So he's going to challenge the word that you're standing on. If you're standing on salvation for your family, if you're, are you listening to what I'm saying to you? If you're standing on financial blessing, are you listening to me today? If, if you're standing on healing, I was dealing with a problem and I'm not going to tell you what my problem was, but a physical issue. And, um, and you know, it's, it's something that some people say never goes away and it's not a major thing. It's not like, you know, and, uh, and you know what? I'm healed. I was dealing with a physical problem. It's when you get older, you get some of these issues, they say. And I'm in my 50s. I'm going to be double nickel this year. Don't tell anybody, okay? Don't tell anybody. I know I don't look it. Double nickel. Anybody? Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and, but you know what? I, I, I had a victory report. And my, my mom, you know, she, you know, she's in my inner council. I said, Mom, it's gone. And she said, those things never go away. It's gone. Why? Because you keep standing and you keep speaking the word and you keep believing. And and pretty soon, as fast as it came on you, if I notice it today, it is gone in Jesus' name. I praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My faith is working. God is moving. I'm believing him. I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. I'm calling in victory in this church. I'm calling in healing in this church. You that might be dealing with diabetes, soon you're not going to be dealing with it any longer. And you might be saying, yeah, because I'll be in heaven. No, no, no. no. <laughs> That's why everybody says, well, when I get to heaven, I'll be healed, pastor. You know, those are the unbelieving believers. When I get to heaven, God's going to make me rich when I get to heaven because I'll be on streets of gold. No, no, God can bless you down here. When I get to heaven, I'll be healed. You don't need to be healed up in heaven. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's, that's called religion. Religion says, when I get to heaven, then I'll have my breakthrough. You might as well die now. You might as well just go right now, amen? No, you get your breakthrough in this life. In this life. 
It doesn't even matter if you're dead because Jesus can raise the dead. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So no matter what it looks like in your life, you know, you got to count it all joy. Back to James 1. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the test of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. I'm going to have to close this down, glory to God. But see, patience will undergird your faith. And the problem with us is when we're in the trial of our faith, we run out of patience. This, this morning, can I just tell off of myself because I'm like an open book. I was behind somebody who were trying to get to church, running a few minutes behind. Christina needed to get to the practice. And, um, and, and Yen said, I should have left to let you drive. You know, but anyway, because uh, I'm always running behind. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm behind this lady and she's not moving. I'm telling you, have you ever been behind somebody? They're supposed to make a, either go straight or make a right. And they got plenty of time. I counted three times that she could have went. I'm like, what is going on? I had to lay on my horn. I'm glad I don't have a Sea Life Church sticker on my car. But that's because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, but anyway, we won't go there. And anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, after three times, after three times, I'm I'm counting 1,001. What's going on with this lady? Do I need to go out there and direct traffic for her? My Lord Jesus, three times. Five minutes. She's like sitting there. Should I go? Should I go? Go! Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, you were the driver. I'm sorry. I apologize. (laughs) That was you. I'm sorry. (laughs) What am I saying? I'm saying sometimes we lose our patience. We said, God, I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm getting on a Harley and I'm going to ride like the wind to be free again. And I got such a long way to go <laughs> to make it to the border of Mexico. And I ride, ride like the wind to be free again. So we want to run. Anybody remember that song? <laughs> no, some of you don't. <laughs> right. Right. The pastor just went carnal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and and what, we just want to escape our problems. We want, we want, we want to pull uh, uh, Elijah. We just want to run. <laughs> right? Elijah, you know, you're going to be dead by this time tomorrow, Jezebel said. He said, I'm out of here. He just not killed 400 prophets of Baal. I'm out of here. Right? No, no, we're not called to run. From, you know, our purpose, we're called to run into our purpose. We're called to run after God, regardless what it looks like. And I'm telling you, when we remain patient in the process of the promise, we're going to receive the blessing of God in our life. We're going to wake up and say, well, I got it. Do you believe that today? And I'm telling you, it's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Don't give up. Don't let go. Don't, don't throw in the towel. No, 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 no. Keep pressing in until you see all that you're believing God to do for you, for your family. Don't, 
Listen, don't quit praying. Don't quit praising. Your kids are coming to back to the Lord. Glory to God. Your relatives are coming in. Hallelujah. Because you're not going to give up on them. Hallelujah. You're going to keep praying and speaking the word. You're going to see your healing because you're going to keep confessing the healing scriptures. You're coming out of debt in Jesus' name because God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. And you're about ready to get into some prosperity. God's about ready to rain some blessings on your life. Do you believe that today? Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your mercies and your goodness this morning. I thank you for blessing every person here, those that are watching online. And Father, I know that if, if there's people here in this audience or those watching online that don't know you. Oh, you are Jesus. You're the connection to all the blessings of God. And so if that's you today, if you never submitted your life to Jesus, today, the Bible says, is a day of salvation. Ask Jesus into your heart today. And I'm telling you, he will rock your world in a good way. Say this and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 